Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at Crowd Church. If you're new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Church. Great to have you with us. Uh, I'm beside the beautiful, the talented, with uh, an amazing new haircut. Uh, Anna Kettle, how are we doing? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, Happy yeah. New Year, everyone. I ha- was just saying to Matt, it's been a while since I've done Crowd Church. It with is. With one thing and another going on. So, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you remember how to do it? Well, we'll see, won't we, over, <laughs> uh, over the next 50 minutes or so, but hopefully so. We'll find out. We'll find out, definitely. It's uh, it's going to be one of those. Well, good evening to you. If you are watching us live, it's great that you're with us. Uh, good evening, Nicola. Uh, we've got Miriam in the comments and uh, new YouTuber, uh, Bamsam. Hi, everyone. I'm new. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> uh, it's, and if you're watching us on Facebook, a warm welcome to you as well. It's great that you're here. Mm. Uh, hopefully, uh, like your hair lady on the left, they say. Just going to pick on the fact I've got a new haircut, aren't you? <laughs> no, like New Year, well, new start. I, I don't new really year, do. New Year, new do. I don't really do New Year's resolutions, do you? No, not at all. Well, I don't, because I definitely not, because I can't keep any of them. So, yeah, we, <laughs> I thought this year, new haircut instead. <laughs> new Year, new Easier year. to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, totally. New do. New you, do, new do. New you. Uh, no, we uh, we talked about resolutions last week, me yeah. and Sedef. Um, yeah. uh, although it wasn't last week, we recorded it like three weeks ago, so I can't remember. What <laughs> you can't remember what you said, <laughs> but you haven't kept it anyway. Yeah, yeah, so. no, they've Let's already gone. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but no, that was actually there's a good point about this, Anna. We need to. If you're joining us because of what John Harding said at Frontline earlier, <laughs> it's a warm welcome to you. But John Harding's not with us this week. That was last week. 
John did his talk on uh, 2024, which was actually really, really good. Mm. Uh, really good. Evening, Andy. See, Andy's in the comments as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he did this great talk uh, where it's maybe not about resolutions, uh, maybe about something else. Being a bit cryptic, but definitely check it out. If you've not seen last week's talk with John Harding, I really was inspired by it. Mm. Which I, that actually sounds really like I'm <laughs> like I'm not normally inspired by John Harding's talks. Uh, I am. He's a great speaker. Uh, but let's like speak digging out the hole. <laughs> I don't know. I think Maybe I'm making it worse. Give me a shovel. <laughs> let's go back to talking about your new hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, yes, uh, very happy new year to you if this is your first mm. time with us this year. Um, but, yeah, so it has been a bit of a break for you. You've been away. Yeah, it's been, I don't think I've done crowd church since, like, November. Wow. Just because, I don't know, December was just a really busy month for me with one thing or another and... Yeah, just different things going on. And yeah, so you swapped with Sharon, didn't you? That's right, yeah. And so you're on this week and next week. Yeah. It's like buses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, Everyone's everyone. going, where's going, Anna? You've had nothing of me. Now I'm going to be here every week because I'm making up on the racer that I missed. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, and we're all going to be better people as a result of it. That's for sure. So. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> So very warm welcome to you. Uh, so today, let, uh, let me tell you what's going on. Well, well let, why don't you tell people what's going on today? Uh, so today we've got a talk coming up, carrying on the Axe series. And it's Pete Farrington that's speaking today, isn't it? It is Pete Farrington, and the one and only. Then we'll be having a bit of a discussion on that talk afterwards and uh, with Conversation Street. Yep. And yeah, and you get to hear me and Matt continuing this kind of banter. <laughs> So what's not to love about that, everyone? <laughs> what's not to love? You see, you do remember. I do. It's just like riding a bike, isn't it? As soon yeah. as you get on, you, you remember everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how to do the techie side. I like, <laughs> leave that to Matt over there. But yeah, I just get up and talk. If I do this, uh, no, I'll show you later, actually, what it all looks like, all the text. Bit, <laughs> bit, bit, it's just boring. Um, so, yeah, we've got Pete Farrington. Uh and so, have you been doing acts long? Is the question in the comments. <laughs> well, funnily enough, we were talking about this before we came live. We started acts when we were teenagers. Yeah. Uh, is... <laughs> Matt's beard wasn't grey when we started <laughs> Yeah, We were just saying it's been quite a long series and we're getting towards the end of it now. Yeah, like... Nicholas has about six years. Yeah, five or six weeks left to go, I think. <laughs> so, we've got uh, Keith. And Peter Steventon Green. Uh, hi from Peter and Keith in the comments. Hi, Peter. Hi, Keith. Hope you guys are hey. well. Uh, they're joining us on Facebook. Brilliant. So nice uh, welcome to our Facebook viewers. Great to have you with us. Mm. Uh, so, yes, just to go, well, before we get into the talk, uh, just we've got quite a few new people in the comments, which is great. So my name's Matt. I'm one of the leaders here at Crowd, mm -hmm. along with Anna, who's another one of the leaders here at Crowd. Uh, and we're with you for the next, well, a little bit, like 45 minutes, I suppose. Um, but I think we've now got to the stage where we're going to do the talk. We have. And just to say, like, post your comments in the chat box yes. as we go, like, because we'll pick up on that in the conversation afterwards. So, yeah, any thoughts as we're rolling, just let us know. Any yeah. questions, any comments, pop them in the chat box. Yeah, put them in the chat, uh, put them in the comments, and we'll hope we'll get to those hopefully in Conversation Street, along with a bit of banter and a bit of fun. <laughs> uh, it just probably worth saying it for those of you. If you don't want to know more about us, just check out the website www.crowd.church. You can find us on social media at Crowd Church. All the information is there. Uh, but that's it. So I'm going to push that button, take the website off the screen. There we go. And I'm going to push this button, and we're going to do the talk with Pete. 
Uh, grab your notebooks, grab your pens. Anna and I will be back in about 20 minutes. Here we go. Hello, crowd. So today we are going to be talking about sphinxes, judgment, Mount Vesuvius, and even mullets. We're in Acts chapter 24, and I'm going to read from verse 1. And after five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul. And when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation, in every way and everywhere we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. For we have found this man Paul a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the whole world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He goes on to bring more false accusations against Paul, after which Paul makes his defence. And he says in verse 14, But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Now, after Paul finishes his defence, we see this in verse 22. But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, When Lysias the Tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days, Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as Paul reasoned with him about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favour, Felix left Paul in prison. Now, it's easy to see a passage of scripture and think, well, that's an interesting historical narrative, I suppose, but it's hard to see what relevance it has to my life or to the modern world. But Hebrews 4 verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So I pray today that... God's word would read us and it would read our modern world and it would pierce us to the core. Now, it's interesting because Paul could have used that opportunity to, to speak with Felix and Drusilla to plead with them for his freedom or to protest at the injustice he'd suffered. And he could have joined Tertullus in that cringeworthy flattery and praising the emperor for his beautiful clothes when the guy was in fact naked like in Aesop's tale. Um, but Paul does nothing of the sort. Instead, he chooses to speak to Felix about righteousness, self-control and the coming judgment. It's a pecu peculiar choice of words to try and win someone over with. 
So let's break this down and try and understand what Paul is saying and how those three things are connected. So what is righteousness? Well, probably words would come to mind like this. Morality, perfection, purity, light, goodness. And any reasonable person will affirm and approve of all those things and the opposite of which we can condemn without hesitating. But they're all general terms. And Paul moves in his reasoning from the general to the specific. He goes from speaking about righteousness to self-control. And self-control really has to do with a person's will and determination to live according to an ascribed manner, something which Felix displayed nothing of with his lifestyle choices. It was well known that the guy took bribes and that he had seduced Drusilla and that she had left her first husband, to whom she was still legally married, in order to marry Felix. So both of them were living in adultery. The Roman historian Tacitus described Felix as a master of cruelty and lust who exercised the powers of the king with, a spi with the spirit of a slave. It's pretty damning. So as we listen to Paul reason, we'd be wrong to think that this is merely an intellectual discussion about morality. With his reasoning, Paul is cutting right to the heart of the issue, to the division of soul and spirit. And he didn't stop at speaking of general ideas of righteousness and goodness. He's now speaking about the specific application of those things in Felix's life. And following Christ would have meant Felix giving up license to live according to his fleshly desires. It would have meant giving up the sin he loved. And it would have meant a total reordering of his loves. Now I could avoid this next part and pretend it's not there. And I could speak to you just like Tertullus would. But I'm not going to. Paul then speaks of a coming judgment. And we see that Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. We kind of have the tendency to be like that, don't we? We hold God at arm's length and yet we want to keep him close enough in case we have need of him or he might benefit us in some way. So Paul, this, this prisoner, the man on trial, tells the one with the power over his life and his freedom that there is a coming judgment. Um, a little while back on crowd, we saw that um, the jailer uh, rushed to the prisoner Paul and asked him how to be saved. That's what the gospel does. It's a great equaliser. It is the great equaliser. It flips everything upside down. And just as Felix was alarmed, we all have reason to be alarmed. We all have reason to tremble. Only God can judge us is just not the flex that we think it is. Um, a little while back on Crowd, I quoted C.S. Lewis when he said that at first Christianity presents us with terrifying facts. And it's those facts about Christianity that got Felix alarmed. Um, an old preacher called Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, Have you ever trembled? Have you ever been disturbed? Have you felt concerned? Have you ever become anxious? If not, you have never heard this gospel. No man can truly hear this gospel without knowing something about trembling. Now, as I was thinking about all of this, I was reminded of um, the, the 80s fantasy film, The NeverEnding Story. This might be a bit of a niche pop culture reference, but um, in this film, the protagonist, 
uh, I've forgotten his name now, Bastian, I think. Um, he's, he's reading a book, this fantasy story, and as he's reading it, he kind of realizes that he is also the protagonist in the story. It's a fantasy. Um, and, and the protagonist in the story is called Atreyu. He's a young warrior and he's tasked with defeating an evil force. And his quest leads him to the Sphinx Gate. And the Sphinxes are able to see in a, uh, there's, a, there's a Sphinx on either side and these Sphinxes are able to see into a man's heart and anybody who isn't found to be worthy is killed with lasers that shoot out of their eyes. And as Atreyu edges closer to the gate, he sees the corpses of those who've gone before him and been incinerated. And the words of his mentor are then ringing in his ears. Oh no! Don't start to doubt yourself! Be confident! And that really echoes the message of our age, doesn't it? Don't start to doubt yourself. Be confident. And as a child, that, that scene made me feel deeply uneasy. I loved the film, but that really, really disturbed me. Um, but you should go check it out, the film. It's great. It's awesome. It's um, terribly cheesy, um, a classic 80s fantasy. And the theme tune was sung by this guy with this amazing mullet. It's just ridiculous. But there was something about that scene um, that, to me, hinted at something true. Not in fantasy, but in reality, that there would one day be a test that I would not be able to pass that I wouldn't find reason enough to have confidence or that there might be a judgment coming. Now, I also I would occasionally have dreams in which I was like being crushed by these cosmic um, objects, these huge, huge objects that would um, that were just spinning out of control and, and about to crush me. And, and they terrified me. But this, this feeling of not having confidence and knowing that, I, uh, knowing that I didn't have it in me to save myself uh, really troubled me. Possibly, if there are any psychologists listening, you're probably having a, a great time right now. Tune in next time for more. Um, but it might be tempting to, to just call this self-esteem problems and, and to leave it there as if we've settled the issue. But low self-esteem was a symptom and you can find many effective ways of dealing with symptoms in the world, but we have never been able to treat the cause. Because you can feel confident, like when you've been in a certain environment a number of times and you know what you're doing, when you, you're experienced or skilled at something, or maybe when you've got a certain title or qualification. But what if all of those things were to be stripped away? Like we can psychologize man to the nth degree, but it is God's word that truly reads us and pierces to the division of soul and of spirit. Like think about it. When did insecurity first enter the picture? When did fear, trembling, first enter the picture? We have to go all the way back to the garden in Genesis. It was when Adam and Eve were no longer sure of their standing before God. And they heard him walking in the cool of the day and they trembled and hid. Why? There hadn't been any death, no childhood trauma. There was no pain from their upbringings. They were just naked in their sin. And we go to great, great lengths to, to try to project the appearance of confidence. And really much of social media is used for that very purpose. 
But there's a difference between projecting uh, an appearance of confidence and having a, a lasting eternal certainty and hope that isn't contingent on material things or circumstance or the connections that you have. Now, when Paul was speaking of righteousness and, and self-control, he wasn't being self-righteous. He too knew what it was to be alarmed. On the road to Damascus, you've probably heard of this story as he's on his way to go and persecute Christians. Jesus meets him powerfully and it says in Acts 9 verse 6 that uh, he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just imagine being invited to a church in the first century and your friends are introducing you to people. Oh, that's so-and-so. And oh, that guy over there, you see him? His name's Paul. Yeah, he, he used to round us Christians up, imprison us, persecute us and kill us. And he even stood by in approval of the stoning of our good friend Stephen. And you know what? Do you know what's incredible? That guy has confidence. He has a hope. Which is insane. Because if there's a coming judgment, then surely someone like Paul has got it coming for them, right? Surely he should not have even a shred of confidence. But Paul looks to that day and he has a hope. We saw in verse 15 as he's making his defence having a hope in God that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Now, it is no accident that this mention of, of hope and, and resurrection of both the just and the unjust, and then when he talks about coming judgment, those two things are just eight verses apart. Because when, when Paul spoke of resurrection, he knew what will accompany it. Now, there are many verses in the Bible that talk about um, Jesus coming in righteousness to judge the world. Uh, I'm just going to choose one, but there, there are many. So Acts 17 verse 31 says, He, that's God, commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, that man being Jesus. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. But Paul has hope. He has confidence. Not because he got himself a, a life coach or a guru, like a, a guru, um, like a Treyu in The NeverEnding Story. It wasn't because he'd, he'd, he'd repeated to himself, don't start to doubt yourself. Be confident. Paul was confident because he had hidden himself in Christ. The source of all insecurity ultimately comes from being unsure of your standing before God, the one on whom you depend for every breath you take. And conversely, the source of all hope and, and true confidence, not just the, the appearance of confidence, like being a good public speaker or something, but real certainty and assurance comes from being hidden in Christ and the righteousness that only he can clothe you in. Because if you're impure or unrighteous, which we all are, if we're left to, it, to our own devices, God's presence is dangerous to you. And that's not because it's bad, but because it's so good. Like, think of it, we can think of it a bit like the sun. The sun is, is a source of life. We, we couldn't and wouldn't exist without it, but it is dangerous. You get too close and you die. Uh, 
But Jesus Christ has made a way for us to stand in the centre, in the white hot heat of his glory and enjoy it forever and for it to be our greatest treasure and our eternal joy. So that, that concrete hope that, that he will find, that, that Paul will find before the judge, before God, this has a direct impact on how he's standing before the governor now. He's, he's, not choosing, he's not choosing flattery. He's not choosing to just, try and, to just try and get out. He wants to have a clear conscience before God and man. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be nice. He wants to be loving. He's trying to tell Felix what he, um, what he needs to hear. And many accusations were brought against Paul. But he's looking to this fixed future date now. And he sees, like Romans 7 says, uh, that, that Satan is the accuser who accuses believers before God, while Jesus is the advocate who is making appeals on our behalf for the Father. And this is our sure and steady anchor of the soul. Um, I, I always quote C.S. Lewis, and here we go again. Um, he, he says this wonderfully in, um, in a sermon called The Weight of Glory. It's one of the best things you'll ever read. He says this, in the end, that face, which is the delight or terror of the universe, must be turned upon each of us, either with one expression or the other, either conferring glory inexpressible or inflicting shame that can never be cured or disguised. The promise of glory is the promise, almost incredible and only possible by the work of Christ, that some of us, that any of us who really chooses shall actually survive that examination, shall find approval, shall please God. To please God, to be a real ingredient in the divine happiness, to be loved by God, not merely pitied or tolerated, but delighted in as an artist delights in his work or a father in his son. It seems impossible, a weight of glory which our thoughts can hardly sustain, but so it is. But so it is. And I could have avoided talking about judgment, um, but to avoid it is, is to, to pretend that one of the most fundamental elements of the, 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 the great story of the Bible is not there. And there is one more lesson here in this story with Felix that we cannot avoid. Felix sent Paul away and he said, oh, I'll, I'll call upon you again at a more convenient time when it, when it suits me. Don't delay. I'm the type of person who has 20 open tabs on my browser that I think I'll come back to at some point. So like blogs or articles that have caught my eye, but I, haven't, I just haven't gotten around to reading or uh, tasks on my Google calendar. I'm terrible for this. That I just keep moving along every day. Didn't get it done today, but that's all right. I just, just slide it across. <laughs> I'm always going to have tomorrow, right? And we think we're going to live forever. And due to technological advances, by and large, we're pretty much able to push the reality of death far from our minds, at least that compared to generations gone before us. It says in James 4 verse 14, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Drusilla probably thought she had more time 
when she was in Pompeii with her son Agrippa on 24th of August in 79 AD. She died that day in the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. And Felix probably thought that he had more time to enjoy as governor, but just two years later he was stripped of his position, of his title, of his influence, everything upon which his confidence rested was gone in an instant. I'm going to um, just end with a quote from a, a guy called Paul Washer. He says that with one hand, God is motioning man to come to him. He's pleading with man to come to him. That's what Paul was doing with Felix, reasoning with him, pleading with him to come to God. Christ has made a way for us to stand in the white hot heat of his presence and his glory and, and his righteousness. With the other hand, God is holding back his wrath. And soon he's going to drop both hands. So my message today is do not delay. Come to Christ today and clothe yourself in the, clothe yourself in the righteousness that he offers you freely. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Welcome back. Uh, thanks, Pete, for the talk. Or should we say Luigi? Yeah, I like the fact that we've moved on from talking about my hair to Pete's moustache, which Pete's is tash. very special. It's probably the best one I've seen. Yeah, it is. He's is. He's got a good tash as yeah. old Pete, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, that's not half a moustache, is it? <laughs> it's a good yeah, tash. A if good you're going to do well it, done, do it Pete. like Pete. Uh, also, but yeah. also a good talk as well. <laughs> well, well done. It's also a good talk. Yeah, very good talk. Uh, and we're going to get into that. So any questions, any of your own thoughts, put them in the comments. We're going to get to that in Conversation Street. Um, but just to, if you've joined us during the talk, if you don't know us, my name's Matt. And this is Anna, who's just had a new hairdo. Uh, hence the reason we're not talking. Oh, I just dropped a bit off my Yeah, pen. we're talking. That's why we're uh, talking about it again. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got on from that, but no. We have. Uh, we have. We really have. So it's great that you're here. It's great that you're with us. Spoiler alert, if you're watching this and waiting for the football results, uh, fingers in your ears now, because whilst Pete was talking, Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-0, which um, is uh, a beautiful great thing. News. <laughs> if you come from Liverpool like we both do. Yeah. Uh, well, if you live in Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, like we both do. Uh, we are beaming out of Liverpool right now. and. um Big Liverpool fan. In fact, I don't know if I've told you this. I chose Liverpool University not because of the quality of the course, uh -huh. but because of the football team. Well, I chose Liverpool University because of the quality of the music scene and the club scene at the time. <laughs> so there we are. Also not because of the course. It's funny what makes us choose universities, yeah. isn't it, really? Uh, but yes. Um, so, yeah, well done, Liverpool. Congratulations. We're stoked. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so... Let's talk about the talk rather yeah, than the let's... football <laughs> and the club scene of Liverpool. And was um, moustache and hair. <laughs> you can't say we don't cover a breadth of issues here on Crowdchurch. We cover all the topics, all the bases, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's what get covered on church. Yeah, it's brilliant. So Pete's talk. I've got lots of notes. There's a couple of things that I want to jump straight into. Let's go into mm. the deep end. I'm just going to get my glasses here to see what I wrote. Because <laughs> I'm an old man and I need them now. Um... But there's a few terms that I just want to uncover a little bit that Pete used uh, in case um, in case people don't know what they mean. Yeah. So Pete used this phrase um, that certainty comes from being hidden in Christ and his righteousness. Uh, oh, no, hidden in Christ and the righteousness he can clothe you in. It's quite a poetic phrase, isn't it? Um, it is. the, the hidden in Christ and the righteousness 
he can clothe you in. Let's let's jump into that. What does Pete mean when he says being clothed in righteousness? It's a good question. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're trying to predict what Pete meant. Anyone but... got any thoughts on the chat bar? <laughs> <laughs> Put your answers in the chat, please. What did Pete mean when he said being clothed in righteousness? In fact, what does righteousness mean? Let's start with that because it's a term uh, that we use a lot, especially in church circles. Um, and something that came up in this uh, passage, righteousness and self-control. Mm. Um, Pete talks about being clothed in righteousness. He compared it to the judgment of God. So what does righteousness mean? Have a think about that. Again, write your answers in the comments. What does it mean? Is that a question? Over to me? our resident theologian, Anna Kettle. So I think righteousness, I mean, I don't know if this is technically a dictionary definition, <laughs> but um, to me, righteousness means like the kind of perfectness of God. Yeah. Um, against our imperfect human nature which yeah. is you know as pete touched on you know we we try our best but we're still we get it wrong sometimes yeah in the bible we it calls that a sin and it just means falling short of god's perfect standard really yeah, yeah. so for me god's righteousness or god's is like god's rightness god's perfection mm. um or like that we're rightness. Imperf imperfect that's good yeah i do like that god's rightness it's a very good answer. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's important to understand this because it's a very key concept, I think, yeah. of Christianity that let's say I'm unrighteous here and God's righteous here. And I, I try and do things to, to go from being unrighteous to righteous, mm. right? Um, and the Bible calls this works. So we try and do the right thing at the right time to try and appease God in some way, to try and create some level of righteousness. The trouble is... I'm never, I might go from here to here, but I'm still miles away. Yeah. Right. So the, the core message of the Christian faith is it doesn't matter what you have done or haven't done in your past life where righteousness is concerned. Mm. Um, and this was, again, something that uh, Paul took, the just and the unjust, I think was a phrase he used in the past. Yeah. doesn't really matter. What matters is no one can in their own effort attain the righteousness that is solely gods because we're just not that cool unfortunately mm -hmm. but the flip side of that story is that we don't need to because <laughs> god offers it to us for free i guess it's like, like we it's like we practice that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true isn't it like yeah, it we, is. we don't it is unattainable it's unearnable you mm. can't work your way into god's favor mm -hmm. But like, what an incredible truth that we don't have to either. Yeah. Like so many, so much of religion is um, based on works and good works and trying hard to win God round or get God's favor. And the whole po point of the Christian gospel, the me Christian message at, at its core is that there's nothing you can do to earn God's favor, but yeah. he gives it you for free yeah. if you ask for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful amazing. thing. No, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. And so that's the sort of the core. So that's what righteousness is, God's rightness, God's holy standard. Another way I've heard righteousness talked about is right standing with God, right? Mm -hmm. So if I am a righteous person, I have the ability to go into, uh, Scripture talks about this actually in quite a vivid term, about boldly entering the throne mm -hmm. of grace, like just going before God's throne boldly, and confidently and with your head high well you can do that if you're righteous and this is where um that confidence that assurance that pete was talking about comes from right mm. 
if you're not righteous, it's kind of hard to stand in front of a holy God and be fully confident. Now, I'm making all kinds of assumptions here, obviously, but um, I think that's what Pete was talking about. So if that's righteousness, yeah. right, standing with God, God's rightness, God's holy standard, the ability to stand before God without blame, um, and we can't do it, but Christ does it for us. We're going to talk more about this in a few weeks, actually. Mm. Um, but what does he, what do you think he means then when he says clothe yourself in righteousness? Because it's an interesting phrase that the Bible uses on several occasions, especially in the Old Testament. To yeah, clothe yourself. clothe yourself is like almost something like you choose to put on, isn't mm. it? Like, it's like, you know, you could interchange that with cover yourself with righteousness, yeah. but... It seems like it's a choice to put yeah. it on, yeah. wear it. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, it's quite an interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, that it actually, is. You choose to, you choose to wear it or not. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting one. Mm. It is an interesting one. Do you choose to wear God's? It's a fascinating phrase. Clothe yourself. Like I like that because you say it's a choice, and it is a choice, um, and it's a choice that we get to make, isn't it? To actually go, yeah, no, I'm. I need his righteousness. Well, you meet a lot of Christians, don't you? And, and people who, you know, have no faith as well. But certainly you can meet a lot of Christians that are a bit kind of, oh, where is me? I need to be very humble. And, mm. you know, and humility is a good thing, isn't it? Nobody, you know, it's not a good thing to be full of yourself. But but this isn't about being full of yourself and no. confident in that way. Like, yeah. it's not about, I think, Pete, mentioned that didn't he in his talk that it's not about self-confidence it's about confidence in god yeah exactly so it's like an inner confidence that comes yeah. from knowing who you are and how yeah. god sees you yeah um but yeah i think people can misinterpret that and think either either come across very egotistical and full of themselves yeah or quite often you can meet religious people who are like oh you know i must become less and be very humble i must be a worm yeah i think that was a phrase it's that kind of used. yeah it's kind a of lot. neither of those things yeah it's uh, yeah yeah the scripture says to not think of yourself more highly than you ought mm. uh which doesn't it's just an interesting phrase when you analyze what what it said i mean that's the the new king how James much version. ought you to think of yourself yeah how much yeah highly than you ought so you ought to think something of yourself yeah but not more highly than you should think of yourself. Like, I am aware that as a person, God loves me enough to die for me. Mm. But, I mean, I would often joke, I should. I don't know if I should say this on <laughs> live on air, but I would often joke with Dave Connolly, who's also done quite a lot of the talks at Crowd. Mm. He was one of the founding pastors of our church. And um, he he's just such a legend of a man. I love the bones of Dave Connolly. Yeah, but Dave and I would often banter, and it... Can I just preface everything I'm about to say? It was banter. It was never serious. It was just Dave and I just joking around. But I would often say things to Dave, like he'd say, how are you getting on? And I'd go, well, I've got to be doing all right because I'm God's favorite, you know. <laughs> and Dave would say to me, no, no, I'm God's favorite. <laughs> and I'd go, no, 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 I'm God's favorite. It got to the point in our debate, and I'm going back like 10 years ago, I actually bought the domain name godsfavorite.com. <laughs> 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 so when you went to that, I don't own it anymore, by the way, so don't go to it now. But at the time I owned the domain, I bought the domain name and all I did was I just put a photograph of me on the website, right? That's, <laughs> there was no text. It just was just a picture of me. And so one day I said to Dave, I said, you need to Google it. Let's Google who is God's favorite. 
and um, this website came up and he just clicked on it and it was just a picture of me and he <laughs> oh it's funny now that is called thinking of yourself more highly than you ought especially if you was taking it seriously <laughs> that is a great example <laughs> I can't believe I've just admitted to that but there you go yeah does God forgive all sins is one of the questions in the comments uh well the bible says he does yeah, yeah. if we confess them to him so yeah. i think there is that step that he doesn't automatically forgive all sins i think you have to ask for forgiveness and ask him to to, to clean you know to yeah, clean yeah. make you right um but yeah i think the bible's clear that there's no no sin that's too big for him to mm -hmm. to clear sin is sin like you might fall short that much or that much, but it's mm. all falling short of God's yeah, perfectness. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I th I think so. Would it, would you agree? Yeah, I would. I I maybe have a slightly different view, in that I would say that God has forgiven all sin once mm. and for all with the work of Christ on the cross. So all sin has been forgiven, mm. but we have to receive that forgiveness. Yeah. If that makes sense, which yeah. is where it comes into that confession. So if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. Yeah. Um, that's a case of me going, well, actually, I need to bring that before God. And it's a bit like you've got, you know, Ben, young Ben, um, who apparently was watching earlier, <laughs> at which we were laughing about. There's no way Ben was watching. He might have watched for like a minute <laughs> just to see what mummy was doing. <laughs> My kids have all grown up, but you kind of, you know, you you want your kids uh, to admit when they do something wrong. Mm. And there's this whole, uh, I need to fully own, I need to be responsible, I need to fully own it, which I think is a very hard message, bizarrely, yeah. in a world that likes to blame everybody else for where they are, mm. uh, which is a bit slightly controversial, I appreciate, but the level of victimhood uh, in the current culture is just astounding um, and our ability to blame other people for our for what's going on in life is quite mm. it's quite easy to do at the moment um, and I struggle with that because scripture is all about taking responsibility now that's not to there are genuine victims out there and it, it, it is and I'm not belittling that in any yeah. way and I think actually by everybody claiming to be a victim they they actually belittle actual victims if that makes sense mm. um but i think you you have to own it you have to accept it and you have to go yeah that's my bad and stand before god and go that was my bad mm. and i think when you do you can be confident that he's not going to smite you which is such a good word smite <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to smite you mm. uh, but he will forgive you so yeah hopefully that's answered your question uh, apparently both me and Dave are wrong because Nicola's God's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this could just go on and on, can that? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I do love that. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that's answered your question about sins. I don't think there's anything that is beyond forgiveness except for one thing. There is one particular sin Scripture talks about which cannot be forgiven. Ooh. The unforgivable sin. But now I've just dropped that bombshell. None of you watching this live stream have to worry about it. I'm genuinely convinced about that. Yeah. Um, the, the qualifications that you require to commit that sin are so strong <laughs> and so onerous um, that I'm pretty sure that we would fall short of many of them. Um, but yeah, on the whole, God forgives all our sins. Isn't Christian? It's a great question from uh, Keith and Peter. I love, the, I love how you, uh, Keith and Peter, how 
how your name on Facebook is just Keith and a capital N Peter. Uh, Keith and Peter. Stevenson Green, yeah. Yeah, Steven and Stevenson Green is such a great surname. Great name. Strong yeah, yeah, name. strong. <laughs> strong. I was with some teenagers. Uh, <laughs> where were, New Year's Eve. So we had a bunch of people around the house New Year's Eve. And yeah. we had the Marshall twins. Rachel's been on crowd. She has mm -hmm. twin daughters. And um, Isabella, who is just lovely, she's 17 years old. I, I made some kind of comment. I can't remember what it was that I, I said, but she just looked at me and she went, valid. Yeah. <laughs> it's valid. I was like, that is so, I'm, I'm owning that word, valid, right? And so oh. is Christianity centered around forgiveness? Valid. Yeah, absolutely is. <laughs> absolutely is. I feel like Which I'm down with the kids news now. for all of us, isn't it? Because I feel like we all need a bit of forgiveness sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Forgiveness is one of those things, though, isn't it? It's, um, again, you've got to ask for it mm. um, in a lot of... I think the onus... It's, it's interesting as Christians because there's two things about forgiveness. One, we have to ask for it for ourselves. Mm. But two, we have to extend it to others even if they've not asked for it. Yeah. Yeah, which is hard. But also I think it's important to remember that forgiveness is not the same as being soft or forgetting yeah you know like i i think there's some instances where you can forgive something but you still might want to keep clear boundaries with somebody yes. you repeatedly or yeah. you know there's lots of scenarios aren't there where forgiveness doesn't just mean forgetfulness it's letting yeah it's letting go of something and it's impact on you yeah but it's not necessarily letting it happen over and over is yeah it? Or keep, you know yeah, no, it is. Unforgiveness, I've, there's a great, I don't know who said the quote, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt the other person, mm -hmm. uh, which is complicated. But yeah, um, yeah, there's quite a few, actually, uh, quite a few talks on crowd already about forgiveness. We had one by yeah, Sharon. Really In fact, two, I think Sharon's and two. We've had some mm -hmm. by Jenny Taylor. Really quite powerful stuff yeah. uh, on forgiveness. And um, yeah, I think they're, they're great things to get your head around. But yes, in the short answer, Christianity is centered around forgiveness mm. um but again forgiveness we have to confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins yeah so god is faithful it's interesting that phrase uh, that he talks about in one john where he says i think it's one john one nine isn't it if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins in it and there's this mm. element of justice in there which mm. is interesting because if i'm honest with you if i just leave it to my emotions there are some people um, that if I get to heaven and find there, that I don't know how I'd feel about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, slightly controversial, but let's say <clears throat> you get to heaven and Hitler's there. Yeah. It's like, is God, but the scripture says God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And you, you kind of like, well, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Really fascinating one. Uh, maybe slightly too deep theologically to get into right now, but it's yeah. um, and also we don't know if Hitler asked for God's forgiveness, do we? No. So no, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out one day. One for uh, another day. When I'm sliding down those streets in my socks. <laughs> That's all I want to do when I get to heaven is slide down those streets of gold in my socks. Just pointing that out. Um, <laughs> I should do. Why? What are you going to do when you get there? I don't know. Not slide down with feet <laughs> socks. You're going to see me do it and you're going to go, you that, that looks like good Why fun. Why would you do that in heaven if you don't do that on earth? Won't <laughs> the streets be kind of similar? Maybe not. Well, the, the Bible talks about them being made of gold, doesn't it? And I just want to slide down those streets of gold yeah. in my socks. Don't know why. Just do. I don't know. It's probably not the first thing I'd do. 
<laughs> I haven't thought about this. This could be a whole other crowd talk, can it? What is everyone going to do when they get to heaven? Yeah, write it what in the comments. What are going to do in heaven? What's the first, if you get to heaven, you, you kind of, you know, you get to heaven, you're there. What's the first thing you're going to do? I'm Obviously, say hi to God. Yeah. I've got a few Hang questions high five, for Jesus. him. Just... I've got a few. It's like God, I'm in. Oh, right. Before really we go any further, I've got these questions. I've that got a list. <laughs> these are all the things I don't understand, God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, heaven. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get there. Still enjoy living, though. Yeah. 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 Don't it's go good. too soon. No. No, not at all. So, uh, what were we talking about? Before uh, we sort of got sidetracked a little bit there. Um, uh. Pete's well, talk. Pete's talk, that's right. And so Pete's talk. And Pete's moustache. <laughs> Pete's moustache. <laughs> uh, Nicola wants a pillow fight with Peter. Are we okay. talking Nicola about the Apollo, uh, the Apollo, the Apostle Peter? I don't know who the Apollo Peter is. Peter uh, the Apostle Peter. That's a, actually that's quite a good idea. I want a pillow fight with. Or are you talking like Pete Farrington and his moustache did the, the, the talk? Because we could probably arrange that ahead of time. I reckon she's talking about heaven. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, so, uh, yeah. What did? What else did Pete talk about? He talked about righteousness, mm-hmm. um, and then he talked about um, certainty. And where does insecurity come from? Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? The whole idea that really you can have a certain amount of confidence. Yeah. Like because you've done something. Like we feel fairly confident sitting in front of this camera. But it's because we've done it lots of times before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's not that's different, isn't it? A skill based confidence yeah. is finite, whereas yeah. there's a confidence that comes from God that's like supernatural. Yeah, that like goes beyond what you can actually yeah. do or be. Mm. Yeah, um, super powerful. Yeah, yeah. I found that really interesting point. Yeah, I know. I love that. There's a skill based confidence, but then there's a God based confidence, and it's that again that assurance, isn't it? That mm. uh, that it, the words the Bible uses like assurance and confidence, mm. um, the ability to be right with God, that to know that you are forgiven. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a confidence that comes with that. A hope. Mm. I, I think another word for confidence is hope in a lot of ways, isn't it? Um, so speaking as a church warden in the diocese of Europe in Spain, brilliant service and talk. Love the banter. Oh. Very cool. I'm gonna I put love that the on. fact that you're watching from Spain as well. Yeah. Do you speak yeah. Spanish? Uh, Could you do a greeting in Spanish? Not very much. <laughs> I do actually have Spanish um, relatives, but do yeah. You? Oh yeah, with Andy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my husband's sister is married to Spanish guys, so yeah, they we have Spanish cousins in our family. But no, I'm the person who's like a bit ignorant. Doesn't really speak any Spanish. Yeah. Uh, if, we're, if it was French, I'd be okay. But Spanish, <laughs> uh, I need my wife here to do the Spanish. Yeah. Uh, but it's great that you're here. Great that you're joining us from Spain. Yeah, That's what cool. I, love, I love about the internet. Yeah. I do love that about the internet. Uh, people from all over the world watch it. So, uh, well, there's no pontins nowadays. So Haven is one of the only options, I guess, Nicola. <laughs> oh, when I get to <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen that in the comments. If you're if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, <laughs> just love that. Uh, so Nicola put in the comments when we're talking about the pillar fight with Peter. She put when I get to Haven, uh, and so there's <laughs> a reply. Well, there's no pontins nowadays, so Haven is one of the only options, I guess, <laughs> uh, which is a, a funny response. So uh, I've loved connecting tonight. Where does our journey through Acts take us next? How do we connect again? 
Is there any stuff you do in the week as a church? Dude, well, has someone prompted you to ask yeah, these questions? Say, that's <laughs> almost like a planted question, isn't it? <laughs> like, we didn't pay this guy to say that. That's <laughs> we awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. I love that. In fact, uh, that's just, let's just go through those questions. So where do I, where does our journey of Acts take us? Well, next week you and I are hosting again because, yeah. you know, like, like buses. You've been away. Now yeah. you're back. Now I'm paying my penance. <laughs> can't, can't get rid of you now. <laughs> now I'm paying my penance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Anna and I will be back next week. Uh, oh, I could tell you who's doing the talk next week. Uh, why don't you chat away while I Hola, figure that out? There you go. Are you practicing your Spanish now? Yeah, somebody's speaking Spanish. Oh, on the, on the comment. I, it's not just you just going, Hola, como estas? <laughs> so next week we have... Uh, oh, wrong one. It's, yeah, like I say, you and I hosting. We have Dan Orange. That's right, Dan Orange. Ah, uh, it's Dan's first talk next yeah. week. Yeah. Which will be super cool. Yeah. So Dan is one of the regular hosts on Crowd. And when I came to the building, because uh, where the studio is, um, I couldn't get into it because Dan was already here. His van was outside. <laughs> and he'd locked the door from the inside. He'd locked you out of your own <laughs> so building. Locked me out basically. of my own building, little tyke. And so <laughs> he was recording the talk because he's a little bit behind, bless him. But he did record the talk today for next week. Uh, so he's carrying on with Axe. He's one of the hosts normally, but we've let him loose and he's going to do a talk. So we're going to sit in judgment of Dan. I mean, we were talking about judgment earlier on. We're going <laughs> to sit and judge Dan's talk now, aren't we? Oh, I'm sure it'd be great, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. Join us next week as we judge Dan's talk. Um, so, yeah, that's where it takes us next week. We've got about five more weeks left in the Book of Acts. Mm -hmm. So we are coming to the end, finally. Uh, I mean, we talked about how we've been doing this for years. It's been over a year, I think, now. I, I think don't... it's been, yeah. It feels like a long time. We've been in, No one anticipated it being this long when we no. started out in Acts. No, it's just, it's quite a long book, isn't it? There's a lot in there. So, lots um, of talks and acts. Yeah, lots of talks and acts. So we've got about five more weeks left in the book of Acts. Then we are starting a brand new series called... I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It told me just before, but... We're so slick tonight. Like Matt's like Googling on his phone what he's speaking next week. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, and you can't remember. So we are starting a brand new series called Becoming Whole. Uh, <laughs> Becoming whole. That was what I was meant to say. <laughs> oh, she tells she's been away for a little while. Just key information. Just... Yeah, let's not pretend it was slick before. <laughs> to the height of professionalism is what we are. So, yes, becoming whole. We are starting that whole conversation about uh, what it means to be whole, to be fulfilled, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we are looking at five key areas of wholeness that scripture talks about um i will do the talk on the 18th of feb i'm doing that talk introducing the series Ooh. um so yeah we've got a whole bunch of stuff planned there i don't know how it's probably going to be a series which lasts about eight to ten months because we never do anything that lasts us a few weeks <laughs> let's just be real <laughs> But if it lasts eight to ten months, it will be about half the length of our Acts series. Yeah. And it's going to cover lots of ground, isn't it? Like yeah. spiritual wholeness. Yeah. Physical wholeness. Mental, emotional. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Financial, Relationships, money. Relational. Yeah. It's, not it's going to whole... cover a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be good. 
uh, from the yeah, point really of home, so which is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Really, really looking forward to it. So do join us for that. Do make sure you're subscribed, whether you're watching YouTube, on Facebook, you can subscribe, you can like. But the best thing to do, uh, I'm looking for the button. There it is. The best thing to do is to head to the website, crowd.church, www.crowd.church. Just put your name and email in on the form uh, to subscribe to the newsletter. And every week we just send out a little note saying this is what we're talking about. These are the notes from last week. And we just email you once a week with that. Um, so that's how you can connect again. Best way to do is to sign up on the website. Uh, and is there any stuff you do in the week as church? Yes, there is. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, should, we should probably tell them what it is and just go, yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just send it right there. Well, Matt, you lead it, so you go ahead. Yeah, so uh, normally what happens is we have Zoom groups. Uh, so if you want to join one of the Zoom groups, catch it with folks, um, then come join us on Zoom. You are more than welcome to do that. Uh, we tend to meet on Wednesdays uh, midweek, so around, around 8 p.m. here in the U.K., uh, but depending on where you are in the world, it may be that we can do different times if that's helpful. But we do like to catch up on Zoom. We just talk about the talk, a bit like what we've done tonight, really. Um, pray for each other, answer any questions. Pretty chill, but it's always nice to be in community. So do mm -hmm. come join us for that if you'd like to. If you want to know more about those, just reach us through the website, www.crowd.church, or you can message us on social media, and we will happily send uh, the information, the Zoom links and all that sort of stuff to you. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to join. So hopefully that's answered that question. Uh, so, yeah, is there anything else from you? I don't think so. No? No. I'm looking forward to next week. This week's been awesome. I've really yeah, enjoyed that. It's been fun to be back. It's fun to, it's fun to have you back. <laughs> the new you, the new do. It's great. <laughs> Listen, that's it from me. That's it from Anna. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Yeah. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Uh, Bam Sam, I'll try this again next week. Yeah, come join me and Anna. Why not? Be with us. Yeah, Andy, have an awesome week. Definitely. Keith and Peter, hola, como estas? Oh, that's where you got it from. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I've not been reading the comments as much as I probably should do. Uh, but yeah, have a fantastic week uh, wherever you are in the world. It's been great to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Do come join us next week. Uh, I think I just need to. Oh, there we go. That's the button I need. <laughs> Slick again. <laughs> Slick again. All right. Bless you guys. Have a Slick great week. guys. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform, it helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.